0: This is an audio version of The Long-Termist AI Governance Landscape – A Basic Overview by Sam Clark, published on the 18th of January 2022. It's included as one of the core readings for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. AIM To give a basic overview of what is going on in long-termist AI governance. Audience People who have limited familiarity with long-termist AI governance and want to understand it better. I don't expect this to be very helpful for those who already have familiarity with the field. ETA, some people who are already quite familiar with the field, have found this helpful. This post outlines the different kinds of work happening in long-termist AI governance. For each kind of work, I'll explain it, give examples, sketch some stories for how it could have a positive impact, and list the actors I'm aware of who are currently working on it. I've surely forgotten some important groups from this list, and I may have misclassified or otherwise misrepresented some of them. Please let me know if that's the case. Firstly, some definitions. AI governance means bringing about local and global norms, policies, laws, processes, politics and institutions, not just governments. That will affect social outcomes from the development and deployment of AI systems. This borrows directly from Open Philanthropy's definition. And long-termist AI governance, in particular, is the subset of this work that is motivated by a concern for the very long-term impacts of AI. This overlaps significantly with work aiming to govern transformative AI, or TAI. It's worth noting that the field of long-termist AI governance is very small. I'd guess that there are around 60 people working in AI governance who are motivated by a concern for very long-term impacts. Section Heading Short Summary On a high level, I find it helpful to consider there being a spectrum between foundational and applied work. On the foundational end, there's strategy research, which aims to identify good high-level goals for long-termist AI governance. Then there's tactics research, which aims to identify plans that will help achieve those high-level goals. Moving towards the applied end, there's policy development work that takes this research and translates it into concrete policies, work that advocates for those policies to be implemented, And finally, the actual implementation of those policies by, for example, civil servants. There's also field-building work, which doesn't clearly fit on the spectrum. Rather than contributing directly to the problem, this work aims to build a field of people who are doing valuable work on it. So here's a little diagram that illustrates that. So there's a stretch between foundational and applied, and that entire stretch is labelled as field-building. And then at the foundational end, we have strategy research, moving towards the applied end, tactics research, policy development, policy advocacy and policy implementation right at the applied end. Of course, this classification is a simplification and not all work will fit neatly into a single category. You might think that insights mostly flow from the more foundational to the more applied end of the spectrum, but it's also important that research is sensitive to policy concerns, for example considering how likely your research is to inform a policy proposal that is politically feasible. We'll now go through each of these kinds of work in more detail. Section Heading – Research Heading – Strategy Research Long-termist AI strategy research ultimately aims to identify high-level goals we could pursue that, if achieved, would clearly increase the odds of eventual good outcomes from advanced AI, from a long-termist perspective. Following Mulhauser in an article linked here, I'll sometimes refer to this aim as Getting Strategic Clarity – This research can itself vary on a spectrum between targeted and exploratory, as follows. First, targeted strategy research answers questions which shed light on some other specific, important, known question. For example, I want to find out how much compute the human brain uses, because this will help me answer the question of when TAI will be developed, which affects what high-level goals we should pursue. Next, Exploratory strategy research answers questions without a very precise sense of what other important questions they'll help us answer. For example, I want to find out what China's industrial policy is like, because this will probably help me answer a bunch of important strategic questions, although I don't know precisely which ones. Subheading. Examples. Work on TAI forecasting, for example biological anchors and scaling laws for neural language models. Example of strategic relevance? If TAI is soon, then slowly growing a large field of experts seems less promising. If TAI is very far, then long-termist AI governance should probably be relatively deprioritized. Work on clarifying the sources of AI X-Risk, for example writing by Cristiano, Critch, Carl Smith, Ngo and Garfinkel, linked here. Examples of strategic relevance? If most X-Risk from AI comes from advanced misaligned AI agents – then governance should focus on influencing the first actors to build them. Work on influencing the speed of AI progress around TAI, for example investigation and analysis by AI impacts, linked here. Example of strategic relevance? If AI progress occurs discontinuously, then there are likely to be only a small number of high-stakes actors, and most of the value of governance will come from influencing those actors. It's easy to confuse strategy research, and especially exploratory strategy research, With broadly scoped research, as many of the above examples show, strategy research can be narrowly scoped. That is, it can answer a fairly narrow question. Examples of broadly versus narrowly scoped questions? On scaling laws? The broad question, in general, how does the performance of deep learning models change as you increase the size of those models? And the narrower question, how does the performance of large language models specifically, for example GPT-3, change as you increase the size of those models? The question is tackled in a paper linked here. And on sources of AI X-Risk, the broad question, how much X-Risk is posed by advanced AI in general? And the narrower question, how much X-Risk is posed by influence-seeking AI agents specifically? The question tackled in a report linked here. Indeed, I think it's often better to pick narrowly scoped questions, especially for junior researchers, because they tend to be more tractable. Luke Mulhauser has some recommendations for those who want to try this kind of work. See point 4 in a post linked here. And also a post linked here for some examples of open research questions. Note that some of these are tactics research questions rather than strategy research questions. Subheading. Stories for impact. For direct impact, there are many possible goals in AI governance, and we need to prioritise the most important ones. This work is often motivated by researchers' impressions that there is very little clarity about topics which affect what goals we should pursue. For example, see the results of some surveys linked here which show wide disagreement about AI X-risk scenarios and the total amount of AI X-risk, respectively. And the indirect impact. Field building. Having a clear understanding of what we're working to achieve and why it matters would help attract more people to the field. And communicating the need for policy change. If you want to convince people to do costly or dramatic things in the future, you'd better have clear things to say about what we're working to achieve and why it matters. Subheading, who's doing it? Some people at the following orgs. FHI, GovAI, CSER, DeepMind, OpenAI, GCRI, CLR, Rethink Priorities, OpenFill and CSET. Plus some independent academics. CSET mostly do tactics research, policy development and policy advocacy but their work on mapping the semiconductor supply chain falls under strategy research. Heading Tactics Research Long-termist AI tactics research ultimately aims to identify plans that will help achieve high-level goals that strategy research has identified as a priority. It tends to be more narrowly scoped by nature. It's worth noting that there can be reasons to do tactics research even if you haven't clearly identified some goal as a priority for your own learning, career capital and helping to build an academic field. Some examples, the Windfall Clause. The plan, develop a tool for distributing the benefits of AI for the common good. High-level goals which this plan is pursuing, reducing incentives for actors to race against each other to be the first to develop advanced AI, and reducing economic inequality. Next example, mechanisms for supporting verifiable claims. The plan, develop practices by which AI developers could make their own claims about AI development more verifiable, that is, claims to which developers can be held accountable. And the high level goals which this plan is pursuing? Developing mechanisms for demonstrating responsible behavior of AI systems, enabling more effective oversight, reducing pressure to cut corners for the sake of gaining a competitive advantage. Another example AI and antitrust. The plan? Proposing ways to mitigate tensions between competition law and the need for cooperative AI development. The high level goal which this plan is pursuing? Increasing cooperation between companies developing advanced AI. Subheading, stories for impact. For direct impact, creating solutions that get used to help make better decisions in policy and future research. This is what Alan Defoe calls the product model of research. And indirect impact. Even if not all solutions get used to help make better decisions, they will help grow the field of people who care about long-termist AI governance issues and improve insight, expertise, connections and credibility of researchers. This is what Alan Defoe calls the, quote, field-building model of research. Subheading, who's doing it? Some people at the following orgs. FHI, GovAI, CSER, DeepMind, OpenAI, GCRI, CSET, Rethink Priorities, LPP, plus some independent academics. Section heading, Policy Development, Advocacy and Implementation. Strategy research outputs high-level goals. Tactics research takes those goals and outputs plans for achieving them. Policy development work takes those plans and translates them into policy recommendations that are ready to be delivered to policymakers. This requires figuring out, for example, which precise ask to make, what language to use, both in the formal policy and in the ask, and other context specific features that will affect the probability of successful implementation. Policy advocacy work advocates for policies to be implemented. For example, figuring out who is the best person to make the policy ask, to whom, and at what time. Policy implementation is the work of actually implementing policies in practice, by civil servants or corporations. It's worth distinguishing government policy, that is, policy to be enacted by governments or intergovernmental organisations, from corporate policy, that is, policy intended to be adopted by corporations. Some people working on long-termist AI governance focus on improving corporate policy – especially the policies of AI developers, while others in the field focus on improving the policies of relevant governments. A common motivation for all policy work is that implementation details are often thought to be critical for successful policymaking. For example, if a government regulation has a subtle loophole, that can make the regulation useless. Compared with research, this kind of work tends to involve relatively less individual thinking and relatively more conversation or information collection. For example, having meetings to learn who has authority over a policy, what they care about, and what other players want in a policy. As well as coordination. For example, figuring out how you can get a group of actors to endorse a policy, and then making that happen. As mentioned earlier, policy insight sometimes flows backwards. For example, policy development might be done iteratively based on how advocacy changes your knowledge and the policy landscape. Subheading. Examples. For government policy... Committing to not incorporate AI technology into nuclear command, control and communications. That's NC3. For example, as advocated for by CLTR in their Future Proof report, linked here. Government monitoring of AI development, for example, as developed in this white paper on AI monitoring, linked here. And making nascent regulation or AI strategies or principles sensitive to risks from advanced AI systems, as well as current ones. For example, feedback by various EA orgs about the EU AI Act, linked here. And for corporate policy, developing norms for the responsible dissemination of AI research, given its potential for misuse. For example, these recommendations linked here by PAI. These ideas vary on a spectrum between more targeted, for example, not integrating AI into NC3, to more general, in the sense of creating general purpose capacity to deal with a broad class of problems that will likely arise. For example, most of the others above. I think our policy development, advocacy, and implementation today should mostly focus on more general ideas, given our uncertainties about how AI will play out, whilst also pushing for obviously good specific ideas when they arise. Subheading, stories for impact. For direct impact, having good policies in place increases our chances of successfully navigating the transition to a world with advanced AI. And for indirect impact, even if you can't be sure that some policy idea is robustly good, developing or advocating or implementing it will help build insight, expertise, communications and credibility of long-termist AI governance people. We don't want to get to an AI crunch time, in quotes, and only then start learning about how to develop policy and decision-making. Mulhauser defines a crunch time as, quote, a period lasting 1 to 20 years when the decisions most impactful on TAI outcomes might be made. That said, we should be very careful with implementing policies that could end up being harmful, for example by constraining future policy development. Subheading, who's doing it? For development of government policy, CLTR, FLI, GovAI, CSET, CSER, FHI, and TFS. For corporate policy, OpenAI, DeepMind, GovAI, CSER, FHI, and PAI. For advocacy for government policy, CLTR, CSET, FLI, and TFS. And for corporate policy, PAI. And for implementation of government policy, people in various civil services, and of corporate policy, OpenAI and DeepMind. Section Heading Field Building This is work that explicitly aims to grow the field or community of people who are doing valuable work in long-termist AI governance. This is distinct from the field-building benefits of other kinds of work discussed in this document, since it is solely and explicitly focused on building the field. One could think of this work as involving both 1. Bringing in new people and 2. Making the field more effective. Subheading Examples 1 bringing in new people by creating policy fellowships such as the Open Field Technology Policy Fellowship, linked here, online programs or courses to help junior people get synced up on what is happening in AI governance, high quality, broadly appealing intro material that reaches many undergraduates, and more scalable research fellowships to connect, support and credential interested junior people, and two, making the field more effective by creating research agendas and ways for senior researchers to easily hire research assistants which can also help bring in new people. Subheading, stories for impact. Growth model, building a long-termist AI governance field with lots of aligned people with capacity and relevant expertise to do important research and policy work, perhaps especially when this work is less bottlenecked by lack of strategic clarity. And the metropolis model. This idea directly borrows from Alan Defoe's forum post linked here. Building a long-termist AI governance field with dense connections to broader communities for example, policymaking, social science, machine learning, such that the field can draw on diverse expertise from these communities. Subheading. Who's doing it? GovAI, OpenPhil, Siri, C-E-R-I, Sherry, that's C-H-E-R-I, and EA Cambridge. From a broader view, all cause general EA movement building as well. This is the least explored kind of work discussed in this post. Section Heading. Other views of the long-termist AI governance landscape. I've presented just one possible view of the long-termist AI governance landscape. There are obviously others, which may be more helpful for other purposes. For example, you could carve up the landscape based on different kinds of interventions, such as shifting existing discussions in the policy space to make them more sensitive to AI X-risk. For example, building awareness of the difficulty of assuring cutting-edge AI systems. Proposing novel policy tools, for example, international AI standards. Getting governments to fund AI safety research. Shifting corporate behaviour, for example the windfall clause, etc. Or you could carve things up by a geographic hub, though not all organisations are part of a geographic hub. For the Bay Area, Open Phil, OpenAI, PAI, various AI alignment orgs. On average, more focused on misalignment as the source of AI X risk culturally closer to Silicon Valley and rationality cultures. In DC, US government, CSET focus on US policy development and advocacy and implementation, culturally closer to DC culture. In the UK, FHI, GovAI, DeepMind, UK government, CSER, CLTR, and others? On average, more concern over a wider range of sources of AI X risk In the EU? In 2020, the European Commission drafted the world's first AI regulation, which will likely be passed in the next few years and could lead to a Brussels effect. China? etc. Or you could carve up the landscape based on different theories of victory, in quotes. That is, complete stories about how humanity successfully navigates the transition to a world with advanced AI. There's a lot more that could be said about all of this. The aim of this post has just been to give a concise overview of the kinds of work that are currently happening. Acknowledgements. This is my own synthesis of the landscape, but is inspired and or draws directly from EA forum posts by Alan Defoe, Luke Mulhauser, and Convergence Analysis. Thanks also to Jess Whittlestone for helpful conversation, plus Matthias Maas, Gu, Konstantin Pils, Caroline Baumol, and especially a reviewer from Siri, for feedback on a draft. This was an audio version of The Long-Termist AI Governance Landscape, A Basic Overview, by Sam Clark, published on the 18th of January 2022. It's included as one of the core readings in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course, This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.